Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, one of your co-hosts, and you can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACCSports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at HokieSmash underscore ASD. I'm going to turn it over to Matthew now as we get a word from our sponsor. Jeff, thanks for the great intro. This podcast is sponsored by Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg, Virginia. They are located at 301 South Main Street in uh, Suite 107 in Blacksburg, Virginia. That's 24060 is the zip code. You can follow Main Street Pharmacy on Twitter at, at Main Street farm that's at m-a-i-n-s-t-r-e-e-t-p-h-a-r-m again this is the podcast for all discussion.com this is the longest running independent atlantic coast conference podcast in the united states and jeff and i are pretty proud of that i mean we're at episode 398 you can follow jeff on twitter at at talking acc sports you can follow me on Twitter at, at HokieSmash underscore ASD. The other thing I want to make sure I tell you is that our site Twitter account is at AllSportsDACC. That's for our site that's at AllSportsDiscussion.com. And we like to fancy ourselves as the premier grassroots ACC blog in the United States. So we're proud of that, too. And it's been a long time. Long, a long tradition. Jeff's been pretty cool about letting me, letting me pretty much blog about whatever I'm feeling about at that feeling about that day. You're going to see some ACC posts from me. You'll see some Virginia Tech posts from me. You'll see some North Dakota State University University posts from me because I posted post about the FCS. You're going to see some posts on. Just all kinds of stuff for me, so I appreciate I appreciate that, and I've 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 enjoyed it. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed it. So Jeff, just briefly here, tell us about yourself uh, for the list. All right, thanks, Matthew. Yeah, this is um, you know, about 10, 10, 11 years ago. You know, I'm looking out there on the. On, on the on the internet and and stuff about being reported with the ACC and I, I just kind of felt like hey the ACC needs another another voice out there uh, talking them talking about it talking about its programs and you know for myself and also for for Matthew you know these are kind of near and dear to our heart because because we're AC, we're ACC people we grew up on the ACC um, attended. Uh, ACC schools. Uh, myself, uh, I got my undergraduate at Georgia Tech. Went to graduate school at at Clemson, and you know started started the blog. This was around 2010, 2011, and then Matthew was a contributor very early on, and uh, then uh, at the request of a uh, of Ryan Hancock, you can find him on on Twitter as well. Asked us about starting a podcast, and. Uh, joined up with Matthew and, and the rest is history. We've had great guests over all over these last 10 years, had a lot of fun with it. And, and, you know, hope everyone out there has been enjoying it all this time as much as we have. Definitely. Definitely. So let's get right to it, man. Who's your most impressive ACC basketball team of the week. And I, I think we probably have a, a similar opinion here. Yeah. I got, I got to go with Florida state this week. Um, you know they they came into the to the season, 
you know, most people expected, you know, this to be an NCAA tournament caliber team coming into the season. And, you know, Florida State struggled a little bit out of the gate. But, you know, in the ACC, there there's just not going to be a lot of, uh, you know, wins that can get you back on the radar. So you got to get your opportunities, take your opportunities when you have them. And that's exactly what Florida State did this week. You know, they, they went from, you know, probably looking at an NIT bid, maybe trying to get on the bubble to being in one of the best positions in the ACC now going forward and, and looking like, you know, they're going to be one of the top two or three teams going the rest of the way out. And and that started with, with beating Duke. Duke. Duke is, you know, I, I think it's going to be hard to supplant Duke as, as the team that can go the furthest in the NCAA tournament. But now the question of who will win the conference in the regular season is up for grabs. And that's because of, you know, teams like Florida State and Miami, who both knocked off Duke. I mean, Duke is still a team that can reach the Final Four, super talented, um, you know, Krzyzewski's final year. But Florida State got their opportunity down in Tallahassee, took care of Duke, and then um, had, had a non-conference game against uh, Northern Florida, I think, took care of business there, uh, 2-0 and for the week. And then they go down to Miami, who I think most everyone considers one of the top three teams in the ACC. Great guards there at Miami. They'd already won at Cameron, blew away North Carolina uh, recently. And they go down there and just got off to an outstanding start uh, down in Miami, built up a huge lead. And, you know, they had to hang on for, for dear life, ended up with a one-point one lead. Uh, one point win when, uh, you know, Isaiah Wong uh, missed a bank shot with time running out. But, you know, as Matthew said on Twitter, all that matters is they won the game. And that's going to be one of the best non-conference or one of the best uh, conference wins you're going to have this season in the ACC. You know, you can win at Duke uh, and you can also beat Duke. But if you take a road win at Miami, that that's going to be heavy points. And so Florida went from basically off the radar a week ago to being in really great NCAA position uh, just need to take care of business the rest of the way out and they've got a shot to win the AC, ACC Leonard Hamilton again doing a great job that team is coming together Caleb Mills um, you know when we did our all ACC team neither neither Matthew or I had him on the first or second team but you know he's a guy who can make a run at one of those top two teams with the way he's starting to play. I agree with everything that you said, Jeff. I just have a couple things to add. I thought it was, I thought it was, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, that's a sweep from Florida state over Miami. Is that right? Yes. I think that's nine games in a row. I mean, and this is a good, it's a good Miami team. You know, they got Isaiah Wong, McGusty, uh, more, you know, they got that, that three, Three-headed guards. <laughs> yeah, all, all, all really quality guards there, and uh, you know they just took Miami out of their game in the first twenty minutes. Uh, you know, finally Miami kind of righted the ship, had a ton of momentum. I, I really thought Miami was going to be able to pull that game out, but you know they defended Wong great on that final possession. I mean, it was it was a a decent look, but it was still a, a fairly difficult. Uh, shot and he you know he's the guy he's one of the guys you want on Miami to have the ball in his hands at the end of the game and you know Florida State hung on 
took care of business, had a great week. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be hard to, you know, have anyone else as, as the most impressive team of the this past week other than Florida State. I'm with you. The other thing I want to add on that, too, about Florida State is that, I mean, I, I saw these headlines like, oh, you know, they beat Duke, they upset Duke, oh, they stunned Duke. Florida State's done that regularly over the last couple of seasons, so I don't think we should necessarily be surprised when that happens anymore. Is that a fair statement, Jeff? No, I, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so at all. I, I mean, you know, Leonard Hamilton. We've talked about it before on this podcast. He just keeps getting better with with age, and I mean, over the last seven, eight years, I mean, he's he's had teams that can go toe-to-toe with with most anything Mike Krzyzewski has been able to put together at Duke. Because they're all like 6'8 and stuff like that. Everybody on the team is 6'8 or taller, which is kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah, exactly. And now now that they've now that um, Hamilton's got them buying into the way that they want to play defense, uh, I mean, you know, you go up against that big team and, you know, good luck trying to get into the lane, get by those guys. Uh, that's why earlier in the year when they played Purdue, I was like, oh, my gosh, you're not going to see many teams that can match up, you know, front courts with Florida State. But Purdue is huge as they were. But, it, you know, definitely at that time, Florida State was not equipped to play a team of that caliber. And now they look they're starting to form round into the, the form of a team that that can be a real headache in the NCAA tournament. What I said on Twitter was, you know, I think Florida State's probably too far back to get a, a top four seed. So they're going to be one of those teams that's in that that six to 11 range. And I would not want to see them in the round of 32. I don't care who you are. I agree 100%. Uh, 100%. Let's go to the flip side of the coin here. Who is your most disappointing eight ACC team of the week? There are a couple candidates, but I maybe will save one for my open microphone. I got to go with, with North Carolina. I, I think, you know, most most people felt like North Carolina was one of the top three teams in the ACC. You know, they had kind of, they'd been inconsistent. The defense had been a little sloppy, but, you know, they had a great, you know, they got that great uh, front line. They could shoot the ball. And I you're just kind of looking at them thinking like, all right, you know, North Carolina is going to turn it on. They're going to start playing really well. And, you know, so this week was going to be a litmus test, you know, for them with a couple of tough games against Miami and Wake Forest. And they absolutely, they absolutely completely failed. Uh, they failed both tests miserably. I mean, they were trounced in both of those games and they were run up and down the court. Um, they had no chance defending Miami's guards. Uh, the ball movement that Wake Forest has had uh, throughout this year was on display against North Carolina. They scored almost 100 points against them, just passing the ball. And, I mean, they were clueless defensively this entire week. And, I mean, I mean North Carolina, they got a high bar when it comes to their basketball program, and they're already starting to say Hubert Davis isn't cut out for <laughs> for for coaching in Chapel Hill. I mean, talk about, talk about already, you know – Given, I wouldn't say they're giving up on them, but already talk about feeling the heat that fast. <laughs> and, and, and it was just a miserable week for the Tar Heels, who now, um, when you look at you know, the ACC teams, it's, it's not like they're going to get eight or nine teams 
in. Uh, you're not going to be able to go 500 in the ACC. I mean, they're getting six max and probably more like five. And with, with Duke already locked in, Florida State and Miami, you know, flying up the charts, Notre Dame playing really well, Wake Forest playing really well. There's five right there. And in North Carolina, if it was if the tournament was tomorrow, they'd be out on the outside looking in. I'm with you. You answered that question perfect. You answered that question perfectly. Perfectly. Let's go to next week's slate here. Which ACC game are you looking forward to next week? Uh, you know, I will say, you know, I, I will be interested myself, Jeff, to see what Miami can do at Virginia Tech. I think that I think that's going to be an inter- I think that's good. I think it's going to be an interesting game only be only because I say like when opponents come into Castle. It seems like I, I call it the ghosts and the ghosts and goblins of that old facility seem to come out and the opponent shoots twenty percent from the field. I mean, I mean being a little facetious, but that 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 building has a loud crowd and it can cause and and it can cause problem cause problems for people. And now you know, Virginia Tech's been if you look at their last couple of games, like like now, I, I, I'm going to talk about just Virginia Tech briefly here. I mean, the, the uh, this week Virginia Tech almost went almost won two games on the road. It went, Virginia Tech went 500 on the road, and in most cases, you'd be pretty happy with that. But Virginia Tech lost a really bad one at BC, and they should not have should not have lost that game. And and they, you know, Virginia Tech's been losing games in the last five in the last five minutes when they've been in in every game in them every game. But you know, it's you know, and that that's the sort of thing that, you know, that you that Virginia could cause Virginia Tech problems in playing Miami with a bunch of senior guards this week. But you know, I, I'm not sure so sure how many road games Miami has has, has played, uh, you know, played this year in a you know, in a in an environment that's gonna be still gonna be kind of crazy and I'll be interested to see that. But which which so that's I'm that's just a personal trade on my th- thing on my part. But how what are you looking forward to this week in the ACC? Yeah, a couple games that I'm looking at uh, this week. I mean, there's not a, a huge, um, you know, marquee game, but there's a, there's a couple of interesting ones that kind of caught my eye. One is um, NC State at, at Notre Dame on Wednesday night. Uh, you know, N- NC State, with a, with a player like Darian Sebron, uh, they're capable of playing with just about anyone in the conference. And we know what they you know, they had Purdue beat earlier in, in the season. It was, you know, 90, final 90-second collapse. But, I mean, that Purdue is a team that can win the national championship, and they had them beat, uh, ended up losing that game. But, you know, I, I think with NC State, that, that's, that's a team that's capable of playing a pretty high level of basketball. I mean, they can play like an NCAA tournament team they're not going to make the tournament unless something they go on an unexpected run but they're capable of playing a pretty high level of basketball at times and they go on the road to play at notre dame um if notre dame is is an ncaa team and i think that they are they'll take care of nc state but it's a dangerous game for the for the irish because of what nc state is capable of so you know you, you 
if you're Notre Dame, you, you've got to keep an eye and pay attention that you, you defend Sebron and some of those other pretty good scores there for NC State as well. So that's a game that, that I'm gonna, I want to keep an eye on because I think that, that could be a very competitive game and, and a dangerous one for Notre Dame. And then tomorrow night, um, Louisville at Virginia. Uh, there's all kinds of you know subplots oh, going yeah. on with this game, especially <laughs> with Louisville. Wow, they have turned – on Chris Mack big yes. time at, at Louisville. I mean, at one point they were undefeated in the ACC, I think three or four and oh, and they have just, you know, basically are playing themselves right out of, a, a of being even on the bubble. And with Virginia, um, you know, they got torched the, um, this weekend by NC state. I think NC state shot something like 60% against them, which is unheard of for a Tony Bennett team. And, you know, these are two middle-of-the-pack ACC teams. And the loser of this game, this is why this is so intriguing, is that the winner of this game, you know, is certainly in, not in great shape. Um, but they can they can kind of have that live to fight another day. But the loser of this game is going to have a really difficult time trying to get anywhere near the bubble. So this, this is kind of a loser-leave-town match on Monday night. I thought, I thought that was a very good take, Jeff. That's a very good take. So... I mean, this is next question. I thought it was kind of funny because we had Tristan on here last week and he's, and he brought up a good point because, you know, I asked this question traditionally because you usually see a tier of, you know, of, of upper level teams and a tier of lower level teams in the ACC, right. And a tier of mid level teams. But right now there's really, and really, you know, a, uh, a situation where you see teams from, I would say from, four to 15, even three to 15 in this league, because you rate them every week, where if you're not, if you go on that opposing team's road court, you can lose if you're not, if you're not paying attention. And so towards that end, Jeff, which ACC team do you think could be upset next week if they're looking, if they're just looking past an opponent, p- opponent, or if they're otherwise getting jet lag or whatever you want to say here, Jeff? The floor is yours, buddy. Yeah, and you you kind of mentioned it uh, already a little bit in the podcast, Matthew. So I, I'm going to kind of let you run with it, but I also think that Miami at Virginia Tech is 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 a really dangerous game uh, for the Hurricanes. Um, you know, the Hokies, you know, are not, are not quite the team that many people expected them coming into the season. You you started to see some of the, the roster limitations that Mike Young's dealing with. You've mentioned the lack of, uh, you know, ACC quality guards on that team. And I, I definitely think that's a big part of it, but it's not as if Virginia tech has become like this awful basketball team. I mean, they, they, they're in it late into games against NCAA quality teams and against most of their opponents. And like you talked about Miami going into, into uh, Blacksburg, it, it, that's a very tricky, very tricky game to go into. And Miami's built up a ton of momentum. Um, if they're not ready for Virginia tech, Virginia tech's definitely more than capable of winning that game. I think you're right, but you know, my my if Miami's senior guards play both halves of this game and not just one half, and you know what I'm saying, Jeff, if they show up the entire game and play both ha- halves, 
they're going to cruise out of there because a lot of people in my, you know, in my mind, you know, I almost feel like Jim, Jim Laranaga is, pull, you know, you and I have talked about this on Twitter. He's pulling the bud. I think he's pulling the bull buzz Williams gig here, right? Because he probably has the best guard overall guard play in the ACC. And the last time Isaiah Wong was in Blacksburg, he scored 40. <laughs> they did, you know, went to double overtime. This man scores 40 points in Blacksburg. And, you know, he's got such he's got such depth at that position. And it and it's 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 worrisome for me. You know, the the hope for Hokies fans is that you could see some ghosts and goblins come out that night near the near the uh in the old creeks of the of the barn there in in Blacksburg, hope you know it, that that's the hope for Hokie fans that you know perhaps the shooting is off for three quarters of the game. I mean, eventually Miami will find it, find their stroke their their stroke from uh, from you know from the field. But that's that's kind of the hope for a lot of Hokie fans that those ghosts and goblins are out there tonight and they just have a bad shooting night because they. Uh, I. I I'm not sure that Virginia Tech's guards will be able to match up with 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 Miami on on any on any stretch. So that's uh, we'll talk about that more later here. So, but let's let's get here next, man, because I blogged about this on I blogged about this on Saturday because you should have heard Hokie Nation. They were upset, Jeff. <laughs> they were upset. Yep. You know, because I'm I'm watching. You know, I was of course in the unique position because I have you know. I, I stuck it out. I didn't have the ACC network for a while, but I had Comcast, right? Because I had Comcast. However, I finally got the ACC network and I have the RSN, you know, com, you know the, the, the uh, Mid-Atlantic Sports Network, you know, which is the RSN, the regional sports network for a lot of the ACC games. However, that, that, part, that part of the ACC TV deal, it needs to be dead, like immediately. And, and they need to move all those games to the ACC network as a floor or or higher. I, I you know you see a lot of a lot of and you can talk more on this, Jeff. But you see a lot of people that have gone to either Dish or they've gone to uh, Directv or they've gone to Sling or they got to Hulu or you know these other online services where you're a, where you get the uh, YouTube TV is another one where you get the ACC network as an option and. But this RSN isn't necessarily, you know, isn't necessarily part of that of that of that online option that you've got got for TV, and it's and it's leaving a lot of fans out in the dark. So I mean, there's a, I, I noticed some frustration, and it's really not just v, you know VT fans, right? Virginia Tech or or Boston College fans. I mean, it's also people that are general fans of ACC men's basketball that want, you know, want to watch all the, you know, they spend their Saturdays and their Sundays watching all these games, all these games. And I, I think that's probably the next move that's needed for Jim Phillips, but I'd like to get your thoughts there. Yeah, this is, this is a really strange deal. I mean, and like you, I don't quite feel the pain of some ACC fans because, um, you know, with charter spectrum, we have, the uh, regional sports networks as well. So I'm still able to watch these games, but the, the whole setup is, is, um, you know, really not working for a lot of ACC fans because of what you said. And it's, it's a hard deal to really get the details on, but from my understanding, these, these uh, regional sports uh, agreements were made some years ago and, and could go, um, you know, on 
through 2026, 2027. Uh, it's, I think it's part of the sub-licensing agreement from from ESPN. But, you know, it's it's all... It's it's just a setup that just doesn't make any any sense in this day and age that someone who wants to see an ACC game is having to fight through a regional sports network, and you know, I I totally agree with you with you Matthew. This is something the ACC has to look at. It's it, they can't continue with this with this through the regional sports networks for another four or five years, and then you know because this just doesn't include. The, the basketball games this is happening during during football season. Yes. Um, it's happening because some of the um, Olympic sports end up on these regional sports networks. And, you know, I, I, I just it's just something I, quite, I don't quite understand how they can continue with this agreement and think that it's benefiting the ACC. So it's, it's something Jim Phillips really needs to look at. It's not benefiting the ACC at all. <laughs> all right. All right. So let's go, man. Open microphone time. What do you got? for? Yeah. I mean, we can go, we can go all over, uh, all over with this. And I, I touched on it, I think a little bit at, at the beginning of the podcast. I mean, from now uh, until the middle of March, I mean, every game is going to have implications, uh, big time implications on ACC tournament seedings, NCAA tournament uh, seedings, where you're going to land, the lack of quality wins for the for the ACC um, during the non-conference. So you're not going to see the the eight or the the nine teams we're used to seeing. Uh, so this isn't really going to be a, like a, a, a rant. But it is going to be a fight to the finish line, uh, trying to get in. Because I, I think you want to be in the top five of the ACC to feel comfortable of making the tournament. Because if you're in that sixth spot, kind of where we were talking about North Carolina being in now, um, you're you're in, you're in you're in trouble. And if you're like a Louisville or a Virginia, that's even further down the line. Um, you you've got a lot of work to do because I don't think that certainly not Duke, but I don't think you're going to see Florida state. I don't think you're going to see Miami back up. I'm getting more and more confident that you're not going to see wake forest uh, back up either. They're starting to prove that there are, they are a really good basketball team, you know, and it's not just a matter of them, having kind of a, a gaudy record. I mean, they're starting to really take down teams in the ACC. What they did to North Carolina, and I'm not saying North Carolina is a great team, but they they proved in that game, like, hey, we're one of the four best teams in the ACC, and we're, we're just taking care of business here with North Carolina. They worked and, them. And, they absolutely yeah. worked them. Yeah, they absolutely worked North Carolina in that game. And – I don't think you're going to see Wake Forest back up either. So if you feel like, hey, those are going to be four NCAA teams right there, how many spots does that leave for the rest of the conference? That's leaving either zero or one. There's one more bid that that the rest of the ACC is going to going to play for. And I mean, if you take out, you know, Georgia Tech, 
I mean, I'm sorry to say, Matthew, I think Virginia Tech's not going to, there's just not enough time to recover to get back into the mix for them. I mean, they can cause a lot of havoc, but I don't, I, there's not enough for them to get back into the tournament. Um, you know, Boston College, Pitt probably can't get into the, to the mix, but you got another five or six, seven teams that are going to try to like jockey for position and uh, for that one more spot. So it's, it's going to be a tooth and nail uh, fight. And I'm still feeling like Notre Dame is in the best position because they have that Trump card tiebreaker result that we've mentioned on the podcast before. And that's that win over Kentucky and Kentucky's going to be in the top 20 the entire season. And that's like a Trump card tiebreaker that they're going to have. I, I tell you, North Carolina's they've got some, they got issues to try to get back in this race. I'm with you, Jeff. I'm with you. So I just want to talk to you and talk briefly here because and you kind of kind of teed it up for me. So I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk about Virginia Tech here. Uh, here's who was on the 2019-2020 Virginia Tech men's basketball roster, Jeff. Justin Robinson, who's in the NBA. Ahmed Hill who has had a series of contract of 10-day contracts in the NBA. He's shown that he can play in the NBA. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who was a lottery pick for the NBA. Uh, Kerry Blackshear Jr., who, who was drafted, right, was, was actually drafted, but then he, he uh, transferred, to, transferred to Florida, and he has a very successful career in Europe. And Ty Outlaw has also spent some time in Europe. So that is who... That is who uh, really who the starting five was for Virginia Tech. Right now, today, as I talk about this, um, as I talk about the, the current roster, you know, Kiva Luma, he's probably the only one who has a real shot at playing in the NBA. He's kind of reserve, uh, a reserve forward, but the knock on him is his defense. And I think we, we saw that against Kirk, BC's Kirkake on Sat on Saturday, right? Who had a career? I think he had like thirty points against Virginia Tech on Saturday. And now I'll be fair: the fall the fall calling was pretty. I thought it was pretty bad. I thought it was a pretty much a touch foul on every possession for Virginia Tech. But you've got to be able to adjust to the game. So that's that's a separate issue. But but he doesn't play nearly as good defense as any, as the as Kerry Blackshear, for example. And my point is that this isn't. Is I mean there was there was NBA talent that Buzz Buzz Williams brought into Blacksburg, and I don't think we I don't think Virginia Tech necessarily has has that. I, I think that's probably an understatement. I mean I think that the guards that you saw in Virginia Tech's team uh, during the Buzz Williams era, era probably spoiled Hokies fans <laughs> spoiled Hokies fans a little bit, and I and I, I think it's fair to say that. Virginia Tech is probably a likely, maybe, an NIT team. Maybe an NIT team because I, I'm i not sure how many wins I see left on the roster, and that gives me pause for concern. Now, the saving grace for a lot of, you know, for as you would say, and I'm sure you would agree with this, Jeff, the saving grace for a lot of ACC teams is that the ACC isn't all that great this year. And a lot of things can happen. On any on 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 a lot of nights, but if you look at you know the people you know you had Joe Bamasell left left Virginia Tech, Jalen Cohn left, 
I mean, there were there were just there was just so many. There was Tyrese Radford. Those are three guards that Virginia Tech probably expected to have this year, and they're no longer and they're not here on this squad. And so you're seeing a lot of guards playing roles that um, that you know aren't necessarily. Uh, you know, probably shouldn't be in that be in that position that they that they you know that they they shouldn't necessarily be in that position that they are now. They're playing bigger minutes, I think, than a lot of them thought they were. And you know, like the Star Murphy tra- transfer, let's use that for an example from Wofford. I think probably everybody thought that since Kiva Luma and Hunter Couture did so well last year, that they thought everything was going to go perfect this year. And they're learning now that perhaps you know Storm Murphy isn't isn't really up at that level of the transfers that came in from the prior year, and really and and certainly isn't at the level of players like Wabi Sabidi or Tyraz, Tyrese Radford or Joe Bamasel or Justin Robinson or Ahmad Hill or. Nikhil Alexander Walker. Do I sound like an auctioneer, Jeff? <laughs> but, but I mean, I. But it's. But I think there's some. Tr- there's some truth in that. And so, I mean, if if Virginia Tech is in the postseason, it's almost 100 percent going to be in the NI, in the NI, in the NIT, and it's probably going to be a road game. I'm being pretty pretty direct when I say that because there are some other mid-major mid-majors that that have done well that Virginia Tech would probably have to visit if they were in the NIT I mean I could see Virginia Tech for example visiting you know Missouri Missouri State in the you know in the uh, in the Missouri Valley you know potentially you know and so that's what that's what I think is the high ceiling for 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 Virginia Tech as we look at the rest as we look at the rest of the year uh, you know, give, give me just a second here, Jeff. I, I want to look up something. You know, it'll um, give me just a moment here, and I'll tell you. Uh, I want to. I want to look and see what what Virginia Tech has left here uh, as we go uh, as we go into uh, ACC season here. Let's go to. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the Mondays is good. A, Mondays is good a place to start as any. Virginia Tech goes on the road to North Carolina. And I expect North Carolina, to be frank, to be playing volleyball against the backboards with Virginia Tech. Then Virginia Tech has Miami at home, Florida State on the road, uh, Georgia Tech at home. How you, how you feeling about how are you feeling about Georgia Tech coming to coming to coming to Blacksburg, Jeff? Uh, I mean, I mean, right now Georgia Tech has to to prove they can. They they can beat anybody with a with a pulse at the moment. They they got all kinds of issue with their front court and and that's um you know maybe where if Virginia Tech is struggling on the glass, Georgia Tech is not a team that can take advantage uh, of that. The only way Georgia Tech probably beats um, any decent ACC team is to is to shoot lights out from the perimeter. They got they got a lot of issues. It Josh Pashner's got a lot of issues. It's a poorly constructed team. Um, yeah, I can go on that for a while, but going from ACC champion to dead last in the ACC is, is you know, not what you want as a follow-up to that season. 
Ah, okay, okay. And so then Virginia Tech, that you know, and that's that's the first game in February. Then then the Hokies have a pair of games. Uh, first they go to Pittsburgh, then they have Pittsburgh at home, and I and I and I I, I think that Virginia Tech could could come out of there with a split, but it's possible that they could lose both. It's possible that they could win both. You know, you never know what's going to happen there. But I I think I expect one loss, probably a loss at Pitt. Then they have Syracuse at home. Virginia at home, North Carolina at home. So that was a very that's a critical home stretch in the you know in those in those days. I, I think I think they'll be actually beat. I think they'll actually beat Virginia at home. And I and I wouldn't doubt if they had a chance to beat Syracuse at home. Go on the road to Georgia Tech, probably lose that game. I would think. Go on the road to Miami. I would expect a loss in that game too. Uh, have Louisville at home, and you know I think. You know, Virginia Tech has beat Louisville once since 1985, Jeff. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I'm not expecting because I've blogged about that and talked here, and then go on the road to Cle- go on the road to Clemson. So I, I'm not even sure that Virginia Tech will f- finish 500 overall. That's kind of where I sit, and I, I know I sound kind of negative, but even if you're barely above 500. You might not even make the NIT, and I'm not sure. What do you think about what do you think about Virginia Tech's visit to Clemson? Uh, I mean, um, you know, Clemson's not an, an NCAA tournament caliber team, but I mean, they're they're capable of playing some pretty good basketball in stretches. Um, you know, especially at home, they they can be kind of they they can be tough. Uh, they they won at Virginia earlier this year. Uh, they went toe to toe late into the game against West Virginia, and and um, so you know that's definitely Clemson is the the classic you know middle of the pack ACC team this year, and and middle of the pack in the ACC this year is is not very good, but um, you know they're 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 capable of good stretches of basketball and and also some you know pretty horrendous stretches as well. Fair enough. So that's what that's my point here, though. I, I think Virginia Tech fans should be prepared for an absolute peak of the NIT if everything goes well. Right. And I, yeah. I, I'm usually not that negative, but I I saw I I had a chance to analyze this and looking looking back at you know my. I think it's fair for us to both say, Jeff, and I think you'd agree with this. Mike Young hasn't forgot how to coach. You know, he's been in a gym for 30 years. And you've said it. I mean, you even say it for yourself. You see the team late in, you know, in a lot of, except for the game with Wake Forest, right? You see them, the Hokies, in games and late in games with, with teams. I mean, they played Duke really well for 30 or 40 minutes. And then you saw the last 10 minutes, the last, you know, ten minutes of that game, you saw Duke just show why they why they're just when if they're playing at their best that they can they can just they can really mow you over if they're playing. You know, if they decide at one point to turn that switch on and play at their best, they can just run over you with their talent. And in most games, Virginia Tech's been you know save the way Forest game in most most game in most ACC games, Virginia Tech's been in. Most of those games, so that's the saving. That's the saving grace. You just want have have to see if there's if Virginia Tech has enough firepower to perhaps 
you know, turned, turned some, you know, turned some things, turned some things around, you know? So, but, uh, I guess that's all I have to say for this week, Jeff. I enjoyed chatting with you here on the all sports discussion, ACC podcast. And, uh, I can't wait till we do this again next week. This was episode 398. 399 is next week, and I'm trying to line up a line, trying to line up a special guest for the four, 400th uh, episode. And hopefully, hopefully we hear from him. If we hear from him and we get it confirmed, we'll we'll make sure we announce it. But we have we've had him on here before, and we we won't we won't we won't we won't blurt out the name yet. Until we get it, until we get it confirmed, and then we'll blast it all over Twitter. Does that sound good, Jeff? Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, Jeff, have a great week. All right, you too, Matthew. Take care. <laughs>